Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie, and we're doing our weekly podcast, and we are glad you're here with us, and I am looking for all of you to keep coming back every week so that we can continue building as we go forward. It's amazing how we're growing all over in Twitter, Facebook, tons of answers and questions and thoughts and really great stuff. So thank you for everything that you keep doing, for the attention you keep paying to all of these issues that are so important. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think affects every one of us, male, female, doesn't matter, because this is a day and age that the economy puts a lot of pressure on us, the society that we live in puts a lot of pressure on us because we have to be everything to everybody and probably sometimes nothing to ourselves. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, balancing a career and being a parent. The questions I want you to think about today are, do you ever find it difficult to balance having a career and having the feeling and being a good parent? And do you ever find yourself sacrificing one for the other, whether you admit it or not? Think about that. Give me some calls. 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Every caller will receive a free copy of Side by Side, my book, which is the Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution. Come on back. Give me some calls. We're going to have a guest expert and a surprise guest. So, you know, it's got to be very difficult to balance being a parent and working full-time job. I know I do it myself. I know many people do it. And you want to do it. Some of us have to do it. Some of us don't have to do it. But the bottom line is it's really a very tough balancing act that you have to do between the two situations because you got to do a good job on your job and you got to do a good job in parenting and you want to and you have every good intention to, but you're only human and things are going to happen. So it's something I want to talk about. We have an expert coming on with us today who really does it well, has a lot of credentials behind her, both from the, the parent side and the working side, which she was really very integral in bringing those two worlds together. She'll talk a little bit about that. She'll talk a little bit about the issues and struggles that she's had, how she's overcome them. And then we're going to have a guest, a surprise guest that comes on, and she is the epitome of balancing a career and being a mother, and it'll be a surprise when I tell you who that's going to be. It's just a a thing that we have to go through, and I, I want us to learn today how best to do it so that we feel confident in our parenting, we feel good about what we do, we love our children, our children feel connected and safe, and they're happy, and we also like our job because if we're spending eight hours of our day there and we're not happy and we're bitter, we're not going to come home and be able to be a good parent. So looking at a lot of these different variables to make the bigger picture work is what we're talking about today, balancing parenting and working. Give me a call, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Every caller will receive a free copy of my book, Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution, Side by Side. And who doesn't need that? Because if you're a mother or a daughter, which I'm sure our guest expert will talk a little bit about, you got to have some conflict resolution tools because moms and daughters tend to disagree. What do you think in your mind does it take to be a good parent? Many people have no answer for that when I say that or when I ask them that. Some people will say, well, I have to love my children. Some people will say I have to be disciplined and clear and strong with my child. But the bottom line is we have to be a little bit of a lot of things, and that's what we have to learn to be able to see and balance and know what is good and what is right for our child and our family based on 
you know, our culture and what we believe in and how we were built and how we were parented and all of the kinds of things that play into that. But at the end of the day, it has to be something that you formulate for yourself because no one can tell you how to be the best parent. We can give you guidelines. We can give you things that have worked. We can give you suggestions. We can give you tools to be able to handle conflict and and resolve that kind of stuff and work through things. But the bottom line is you're going to formulate that bigger framework of parenting around you as a person, who you are, how you were parented, where your life is at. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to balance all of that stuff within a parameter so that it ends up being a pleasant situation and an outcome that you're happy with. We have a guest expert coming on today. She's going to talk about some of the things that she's done to be able to integrate her work life with her parenting life and still feeling like an accomplished person and an accomplished and successful parent. Very difficult, but it can be done. And I think what I tell parents the biggest issue is looking at their sweep. And everybody's got a sweep. You got to look at your sleep. You got to look at your work. You got to look at how you're eating, your emotional expression of yourself, and your play. And keeping your sweep in balance is, I think, the key to happiness, whether you're working, whether you're a parent, both, anything, sweep's got to be in balance. Today we're talking about balancing parenting and working. And we're going to talk with our expert today, Kimberly Blaine, who's going to come on with us. She is a Masters and a marriage and family therapist. She is the executive producer of the Go To Mom series and the producer of the all new branded entertainment show www.mommy2mommy.tv, sponsored by Sony. Congratulations. She's the author of The Internet Mommy and the Go To Mom's Parents Guide to Emotional Coaching Young Children. This woman is credentialed. She's a mom, she's successful. It's an honor to have her on here. We're going to have some questions for her. Kimberly, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You're a very successful woman. Oh, thank you. How have you been able to do all this? You know, I think it's just in the in the nature of the um, very active woman that I am. So I kind of always have to have something boiling over. <laughs> yeah. So that I feel worthwhile. <laughs> So you like a little chaos? No, I don't like chaos. I'm actually very organized chaos. I just like things happening all the time, you know, being very creative. I love being busy. I love being with kids. I love being alone. But um, all at the end of the day, I, I want to see something from it. <laughs> exactly. What do you tell a mom who would say, and many women say this to me, I'm afraid to say I'm not always happy being a mom, and I, would, I feel guilty for saying that. You know, that reminds me of a play group um, that I had a few years ago uh, in my neighborhood where we had a whole bunch of mommies come over. And one of the moms actually came over. Where This is, this is about not really judging a woman's experience and her choices. Right. And she came over, and we all had our six-month-old babies on the floor on blankets, and she walks in with a, a, a nanny. And her baby is just laying on the nanny's chest, snuggy and warm. And she said, you know, I risked coming here today, bringing my nanny, because I know what judgment is. I know uh, that everyone's going to say, how dare you bring a nanny to a playgroup? You have your baby. You should be playing with your baby here. She said, I want my nanny to get to know everyone because I'm going to go back to work. And my husband works long hours, and I'm alone all day with this infant, and I feel alone, and I uh, need a nanny to help me. And I said, you know what? This is so brilliant. We all can learn from you. I go, I'm envying you right now. Right. I can afford a nanny, and I don't have one because I feel I should do it all. Yeah. And at the end of the play date, she turned around and said, oh, my gosh, I have never felt like such a great mommy the way I did today at your house. Thank you. That's so great. You know, because it's the guilt, isn't it? It was the guilt, yes. 
And what is the guilt rooted in? I don't, I don't understand. Is it difficult for women to break from that social mode that people think they should stay home and take care of children? I think one, yes, in our society that that's the, the mom's role is you raise your children. You stay home and, and, and you do all that you can to, to raise these fabulous beings. And then on the other hand, there's the side of the woman that says, you know, I'm invincible. I can do this and I can also work. So she also can bring it upon herself to do it all because she feels it in her soul that there's a part of us that feels we can do it all. Right. It's kind of brought on ourselves. And we can only know if we can multitask by trying it and reprioritizing. And that's where I come in and say, a mom it doesn't necessarily have to do it all, but if she can prioritize, boy, can she do everything that she can hope and, and dream of. And for me, I say I do it all because my own all is different than someone else's all. Exactly. And what is a feeling of accomplishment for you? How do you know you've done it all and you're happy with your outcome, even if it's not perfect? You know, I feel like a well-rounded experience for me is everyone is in balance. Um, my husband's in balance. The kids are in balance. I'm in balance. How do you know? Like, how no, do you measure that? we don't have that, that breakdown in the family system. The kids are flowing through the day. They're getting to baseball on time because I'm on time, because I had a great work day. So I'm leaving the office early because I accomplished what I needed to in the company. They're on time. We're not frenzied driving through the drive-thru, feeding them food because mommy worked too late. You know, I'm taking extra time off to go on a date with my husband, and he's finally getting to see me. It's all syncing together when things happen that are right. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you're moving along. Everybody's pretty much happy. They're doing well in school. They're sleeping well at night. Everybody's eating food that's healthy. You're spending time alone with your husband. You're building your intimacy. That's what you mean by balance. Yeah, balancing. The, and for me, family is key. It is so, and that's how I gauge my success is where is my family? Where have I brought them along this road? Have my kids been exposed to the beauties of life and not just thrown into an after-school baseball program? No, they're becoming great ball players, you know, and, and that's, you know, part of what we're valuing in our family. I don't work past three. I want to be home and make them their cheese crackers when they get in. I chose. Right, right. So and this whole balancing of where is my family today you know, sometimes my family's in a very bad spot, and I know why. You know, it's like I led them there. How? I couldn't pull it together. How do you know? Because mommy says, guess what? There's no karate tonight. Mommy's not doing it. I can't do baseball and karate, and daddy's working late, so we're just going to skip karate. And then the meltdowns happen. No, I've got to go. You drive right. him to baseball. Right. Why can't you take me? <laughs> and then the crying, and then the melt, and then dad calls to say, how is everyone? I'm not home till 9, and I'm like, I can't talk. And then there's the shortness with mommy and daddy and right. breaking down. So, but you see that and it, like, it's safe for everybody to know that that stuff happens, right? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you, and you got to get past it. Absolutely. How? But being aware is, is, is key for us is the awareness we're breaking down. And, you know, my son's name is Houston. So right. we always have this, we've got a problem, Houston. <laughs> right. Got a problem in Houston. Mommy's losing it. <laughs> and so you see the red flag. You guys identify it, and then how do you resolve it so that your husband doesn't come home, like, bitter or frightened to be himself around you because he knows you might explode or the kids are still unraveling? How do you kind of resolve it? Well, you know, actually a, pro a process that evolves. For us originally, as our children were growing, I didn't want the help. I, right. I, I could do it all. They were little. It was easy. 
over time, as they needed to be picked up from school, dropped off, going to baseball and karate, we finally sat down when dad, mommy and daddy started breaking down, saying this is not working. This right. isn't as good as it should be. We didn't have enough time to prepare the healthy food. So that's one of the breakdowns was how well are our kids eating. The, the worst of food, that's, a, that's a, a red flag. We're not doing our job. So I had to come to terms with, guess what? We're going to hire someone. We deserve this every day. And was that hard for you to, did you feel weak? Did you feel inadequate? What, what got you there? And, and did you feel you were able to do it or you, it was like you At had to bite the I bullet? I was like, whoa, she better not bathe my children and put them to bed. Right. I am the mom. She can fold and help me do dishes. Right. Then over time I said, you know what? I just might have her bathe a child. And guess what? I'm going to go for a walk with Daddy. I have never walked with my husband after dinner in my life. And, and I actually started saying, I'm going to do something for me. And I gave myself permission to let someone bathe my children. What do you think that's about when moms or parents, whoever the primary caregiver is, is like, no one's going to touch my kid. You could do that other stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. have kid. Is that their jealousy? Is that their insecurity? Is that well, they can, don't trust people? Mm-hmm. I can speak from my sense, and it might be different for another mom. Mine was... You can't do it as good as me. I am the master bather. I know <laughs> how much playtime, how much soap time, how to get the hair rinsed without the crying. Like, right. oh, mommy can do a beautiful bath time. Right. I didn't have faith that this woman coming in and helping me could do it as good as me. And so when I was going, thinking, oh, I could go for a walk with my husband, in my back of my mommy mind, I was thinking, my baby's crying right now because she doesn't know him. Right. It's the guilt that baby was suffering. It wasn't about me. Right. It was about baby deserves a good bath. Right. Do you ever think that it's a mom, and I'm sure you've seen this, I have, a mom who feels she needs to be needed. And if she's not needed by her child, she really can't find a place because she's not connected to her husband. Absolutely. Or she's and that's disconnected. Like the importance of, um, in, you know, actually in one of my books, Mommy Confidence and um the other book, What Smart Mothers Know, I say throughout the book, what did you do before your baby that was, right. we call them mommy cherishing moments, mm. um, and to bring them back into the house, because right. I am guilty of throwing mommy cherishing moments out the window. And my husband said, you used to do all this stuff that made you so happy. What happened? Also, more, and, <laughs> I said, well, I became a mom, and right. now I have to cook, clean, and go to work. Right, but also attractive to him, too. Yes. So now I'm stepping back, and I'm, I wrote these books to tell other moms, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is what I do to make me happy mommy first, happy wife, and happy career woman, is I am going out and getting my toes done as much as I can and having them painted, because I don't get to do it myself. I don't have time. I'm putting money aside for a massage every now and then. I'm allowing my mommy helper to bathe my children. So I can do three walks with my husband, but it took a long time to realize I could do it. And what what got you there, do you think? Doing it small steps, slowly saying, okay, bathe the children one day, and then a few weeks later, okay, now you can bathe them two days. Right. Now I am to the point where... (laughs) You don't know where the water faucet is. We have... Where's the tub? Every Saturday, every single Saturday, and I can say this with truth, is date night, and I have my mommy helper here every Saturday, every week of the year. And that is my night to go out with my husband or my girlfriends. Great. And so I go out four days a month now without my children. And you like? It, it is helps? fantastic. What and does I'm it do for you? And so happy. 
And there will be days where I will ask my helper, my mommy helper, to come early. And she'll come really early on Saturday and be with the children that day and night. And I'm, I can go out for six hours and do mommy cherishing things for myself. And you don't feel guilty. There is no guilt. I now am in the swing of it, but it took a while. Yeah, because it's uncomfortable, feels guilty, feels bad, feels whatever. Yes, and, and it's funny because... In the next few weeks, my husband has a camp out with the boys at Cub Scouts. He's taking the children, and I'm, I'm, I'm now alone on a Saturday night. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm, I'm still planning. <laughs> but but what, what I think most moms need to understand also is when they're happy and they're connected and they're feeling, you know, they've relinquished some of this stuff, their children are happier, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That tenseness when you're like having to do more than you really want to do, but not are at that point of knowing it yet. Mm -hmm. Your kids feel that stuff, don't you think? Yes. And, you know, I, the message I want my boys to have when they look back and say, how did mom do all this stuff? I want them to say, we know how she did it. She would tell us, mommy needs her time. She's going to this spot. A big joke in our family now is the kids, when I leave, they go, mama, are you going to this spot? Right. And I'm proud of that. Absolutely. I'm not embarrassed. I'm right. like, yes, Mama's going to the spa today. Because you're teaching them. And when them. I dress up, when I get out of my yoga pants, right. they say, oh, Mommy, is it date night? Right. Because and I say, no, it's actually, I have a business meeting today. <laughs> you know, so right. they can see when Mommy's going out. Because Mommy cares about herself, yes. and you're teaching and them to care about them. Absolutely. And they're like, Mommy, why are you always filming? Why is there always a crew? And why are you on TV all the time? And I tell them, I say, sweetie, my job is to help families raise their children. I am in love with children. I am in love with making mommies and daddies feel great inside. And so now they see mom loving my job because right. it brings me, you know, that vitality. Right. And I want them to remember that. Right. Because you want them to see that parenting is not anything other than it should be a pleasure and a, a great life experience that's got meaning on every level. And also they see, you know, the trade-offs. Sometimes the mommy's not around for a few days when we're traveling, when I'm traveling on the road for, you know, my TV appearances. And they're like, mommy can be gone a while. Which she is okay. She hard and she's absent. That's okay because there's good in missing you. And do you ever have to deal with that with them? Do they ever cry? Do you feel bad leaving the house, separation, any of that stuff? What's fantastic about now with the social media is with our iPads and iPhones, I am in constant contact. It is a little walkie-talkie. It is so unbelievable, the connection I have with my children when I travel. As I'm driving to the airport, I turn on my um, video on my iPhone, and I create a 15-second video, and I say, Mommy's you know, in the car to the airport. I'm getting on the plane. I miss you, love you. Have a great day. When my husband picks them up, he plays the video on his iPhone. Oh, that's great. Then they record it back, and he records a mini video, and so when I get off the plane in Chicago, there's a little video in my text, and my children are in their backpacks going, Hi, Mama. I hope you're having fun in Chicago. That's great. And See, it's and beautiful it, social media, and then we do live chat. When I'm in the hotel at night, I turn on the iChat, my husband turns, and it's video. And they see me, and I see them, and I walk them around the hotel with the iPad, and I go, here's the bathroom, here's the view, and it's live interaction. The, my children, I, I'm serious, they don't miss me because I'm constantly that's on good. the video that's talking great. to them. And see, that's the biggest thing. It's the anxiety that drives people to have the problems. And so by being able to visualize and stay connected in any way lowers that anxiety, and people then can move past those barriers that hold them back. Yes. 
no, absolutely. And, you know, good for you. I find it interesting when people say, wow, you're doing so much. How do you have it all? How can you have your ball games and the kids and the family write books or, or do whatever and, and film all the time? And the behind the story scene of running a business really is the prioritizing. Throughout the week, I can prioritize what's important today, what's important tomorrow. As a business owner, I have the luxury to do that. But um, I think that, that that outside looking in thinks that I'm, I'm actually parenting and working all day long, and I'm not. And you're happy. Yes, it's be able, being able to create the balance that fits my family puzzle. Right. And, you know, I tell parents all the time, my big mantra is parenting begins with you. It's kind of like putting that oxygen mask on yourself first makes no sense in a plane, but it really does. Absolutely. Yes, it does. So- in fact, you're... there are times, and I have these crazy little quirks that I have, these mommy quirks, and I, it works for me is I'll sometimes eat dinner before everyone gets home, I'll eat at five. Right. Because I want to be balanced at the dinner table and not screaming and yelling, I'm starving, we ate it, and I'll eat my dinner, and everyone comes home, and we sit down, and I'm already fed, and I just have my drink, and I'm just so calm. And I'm like, I like that. <laughs> I like sitting without constantly, you know, trying to rearrange right. everyone and eating because I've already fed myself. Right. And do the kids ever say to you, Mom, why aren't you eating with us? They do. And what do you say? They do. And Daddy says, Mommy eats on her own time. Mommy's schedule is not like anyone else. She gets up at 5. She eats breakfast at 5. Her lunch is at 11. Her dinner's at 4. He goes, that's how Mommy is. He goes, we're just so thankful she's sitting with us. Absolutely. And what do the kids say? They say, okay. That's great. You love your husband. You give him attention because I think the other thing is that women forget that their husbands need love and attention. I try. He's so last on the totem pole. I mean, when you look at it, it's really... But don't tell him. I work so hard at telling him I'm, gonna, I'm making efforts to bring you higher up, and he so appreciates it. But you think about it. I've got the kids, the pets, and, and then I'm like, okay, now it's daddy's turn. It, it's, it's Seriously, it's a job. <laughs> but he knows it. He knows. And he knows and it's he a trade-off, sees, right? Yeah, definitely. But we, I really do think that dads get the short end of the stick and that we need to be knowledgeable about letting him know we know that and that we're trying. Absolutely. And I would say that that's 90% of the getting past it is if you acknowledge it mm-hmm. and let them know they're not crazy, feeling lonely or whatever, and you're trying. I think anybody that's reasonable would say, I love that. Yes. No, absolutely. We really work hard to uh, make sure that that he's a big part of the family, even though he's working and he's cranky when he's home. And (laughs) no, we have to say, don't take daddy's personality too too seriously tonight, honey. He's He's working late. You know, don't make him build a Lego when he walks in. Daddy needs to decompress. Good job. Uh, Actually, let's take a voicemail. I have a, a dad who called in. Ready? Yes. Okay. Dr. Sophie, this is Sam. I have a question about um, the, the topic of balancing careers and, and children. Um, both my wife and I work, and we both have fairly demanding jobs, and they, they pay well, which allows us to have we, have, we have three children, and we have help. We have a nanny um, for each of them at this point. We'll, we'll start to decrease that when they get a little bit older, but right now we have three nannies for three children who spend most um, – mornings and evenings with the kids and then weekends it's pretty much my wife and me with the children two of the three actually go to um to preschool one is still at home um i want to get your thoughts on the the role of domestic help and um, how that can best be utilized for the sake of the children 
while still allowing the, the parents to uphold their, their professional responsibilities. So thanks in advance. Bye. What do you think, Kim? Well, you know what I always tell everybody? There's nothing better for a young child than being loved by multiple people. Exactly. But why do people get scared by that? They see that nanny hugging and loving or something, and they get frightened. Why? Well, you know, just the absence from your child's life and maybe not being there for for some of those pivotal moments can be very guilt-ridden. And spending most of your waking hours at a job that's not going to have that that payoff of the relationship that you have with your kids, it's just... There's, it's natural. We all have to feel that. That makes us better parents, actually. It makes us work harder. It makes us cherish the moments and the hours that we spend with right. our children. Because isn't, wouldn't you agree that it's quality, not quantity? Yes. No, absolutely. And I think absolutely. that's what most people think, that they, if I spend three days with my kid, it's wonderful. No. If you spend one hour mm-hmm. really good time with your child instead of three days where you're bored and angry and frustrated you're better off in the long run with that one uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, my philosophy is because I work out of our home office here, and we see when I watch a nanny or a mommy helper or anybody who's hired help with my children, the first thing in my mind is I could not play and do what that person's doing. This is their job, and they're so good at it, and the benefits I see my child getting, being home and seeing it is really good because then it confirms this is the right thing because there's no way that a parent's going to play with their child for seven hours. It's just, it's not possible. It's not okay. <laughs> right. And, and the benefits your child gets out of that relationship and that play is so much better than you forcing yourself to do it yes. and them not really being able to feel comfortable and suck in all of that good stuff that they get from just playing with somebody who's kind of neutral in their life that they feel safe with. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think... For the, for the parents who are maybe possibly feeling, wow, my child's loving my nanny more than me, you know, that, that's definitely a personal perception that that person is having. That's never going to be the case. I mean, that's just not, right. a child is not going to love their nanny more than their parent. They're going to probably have an incredible attachment because their daily experiences are with someone who's caring for them and loving them and making them safe. Right. So I think we need to relook at the bond and say, how lucky am I that my nanny is providing that safety? Right, and that support to the bond. But talk a little bit about that. That's a very important topic um, and, and piece that parents really get insecure because they see that person being connected to their child. But a mom or a dad should always go back to that basic connection of attachment and believe in it, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always say, what are you doing to strengthen your relationship with your kids when your time is off? What are you doing to be sure your connection's solid so when you are absent, they're still connected to you. So I think that making that effort to connect with your child, reconnect, is really, really important because that's what's going to stay in their mind's eye is that connecting time with your kids. Yeah. And um, actually, we're, I'm writing a book right now about some of the things we do to, to connect with our kids through whimsy and drama that make them remember us more deeply rather than just like, spending like, mundane time with them. Like what? Give me an um, example. When you're getting down to a child's level, wherever they're at developmentally, right. and you're actually 100% engaged in the play, they're going to remember that. So if they have their sh- little shark puppets out and you're actually at their level playing shark puppets right. with them, yeah. that's going to stick with them because you're, you're at that, that play level. And they're going to remember, mommy knows how to make a shark talk. Mommy knows how to make a shark funny. 
which which is you know out of a character for a parent, and those are some things that will last a lifetime for the kids. Or playing horsey with your kid, right, and right. letting them tie you up in the corral and come back and feed you carrots. Exactly, and talk a little bit how that coincides with this program you're with in the early childhood mental health program, mm-hmm. Project you mean ABC. With Project ABC, yeah, with ABC. Because I think that's a lot of what a lot a lot of what that focus of that project is to really get people's awareness to that core behavior and the meanings of that and how lifelong and life-saving that is. Right, exactly. That what's most important is the relationship with your very, very young child. And if we strengthen it from the earliest days, the outcomes for your kids are so much better. They're able to communicate, you know, have appropriate self-expression. If there are any delays, we're going to see them because we're connected to our kids. We know when they're not doing well. Right. So with Project ABC, we're encouraging moms um, and dads with very young children to be ultimate observers of their young children and to be able to soothe them and comfort them and seek help when things don't feel right. But we're all starting with the emotional side of the child and with right. the parent. Right. And that's what some of the work we're doing in Project ABC is um, we're offering resources and programs to families who feel, wow, you know what? My toddler's not doing well. Right. He never stops her tantrum. Right. Chronic. It's every day. We come in and work with the mom on their relationship with their baby and their toddler, give them some skills, you know, get the baby in a program, assess, and then really work on strengthening mom's self-esteem and her relationship with her little one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I am the medical director at DCFS. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we collaborate with Project ABC. And so many times we... we See parents when we have to go through a hotline call because we get about 18,000 calls on our child abuse hotline. And sometimes when we're investigating some of these calls, some of the, the easiest fixes are teaching a mom or a dad to feed or soothe their child within a certain amount of time. Because the longer they let that child cry for whether they're gassy or they're hungry or they're, they need to be changed, the more they're building a reaction in that child to think they're not worthy of being taken care of. And so their self-esteem is built around all of that. And teaching people those kinds of little things can really change the way a, a child ends up growing up and feeling about themselves. Exactly. And we're teaching the very young child that doesn't have any communication skills that a cry will be responded to. And that we also teach the parents there are different types of cries. There's the hunger cry, the pain cry, the I'm lonely cry. And then so by building that relationship so early on, babies got better odds at becoming a more fulfilled human being. Yeah. And do you deal, do you ever run into any drug addicted, substance abusing moms? I personally don't because I'm on, you know, doing the social marketing for ABC. And as the go-to mom, we're in production just for... Um, internet video. So because my practice is not open anymore and I'm not working in the court system, I personally don't. But ABC, our program is filled with um, families that have yeah. use and drug addiction issues. So, um, And then, of course, we have all the different treatments that the families are going through. But that's, that's you know, very, very common within our families that we're working with. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, last week we talked about shopping. And we had a bunch of calls that were about moms who, you know, like a daughter who felt she didn't know how to talk to her mom who was overspending on her child, the grandchild. Mm-hmm. And so will you listen to, I want to get here one of these voicemails and tell me what you think. <laughs> They're interesting. Hi, Dr. Sophie. This is Stephanie from Los Angeles. And I had a question actually regarding my mom and shopping. 
she's been having some financial difficulty, but ever since I had my baby, um, she's been kind of going crazy with the shopping for the baby. And um, although I really, really appreciate everything that she's done for, for us and for the baby, it's starting to feel a bit much. And I'm also obviously concerned about um, her finances as well. So what's the best way that I can go about approaching her on this topic without hurting her feelings? And obviously showing her how appreciative I am, but I definitely need it to kind of calm down a bit. Uh, thank you so much for your help. What do you think about that? So have you had her on your show? Has this question been answered already? Or no, no, this is the first time. This is the first time. Well, my first response to that, and it's probably yours too, is is the receiving mom, the one that called in, does she have issues with being given to? You know, why can't this baby be just lavished in every way possible, whether it be love, toys, shoes, does it matter? Babies need a lot. Second is if grandma is having financial difficulties and she's still overbuying, what's going on with grandma? Maybe she's, this is her time to recoup and say, hey, I'm right. going to give now. I couldn't give before. I'm gonna right. give so I think both have you know, some issues that need to be brought to the table in a gentle, loving way. Right. Uh, I kind of feel the same with, with some of our grandparents where they overgive. My, my way of, of handling this, wow, they might not need 20 million toys, right. but boy... If grandma, if you could hold off and wait till um, winter time, my boys need cotton jammies really bad in the winter. Could you buy those for them? That's great. And how do they take that? And she's like, yes. And I'll, t- I'll even tell her how hard it is for me to get pajamas. I'll say, I can't find these PJs that I love. They're always in a magazine. They're always in this one catalog. I said, could you get the catalog and you pick them? It would be such a lifesaver. And she's so thrilled because I'm saying it a way that's one, I don't have time to do it. It's fun for her, and she wants to buy something. And I need help. I'm always struggling to catalog by because I don't have a lot of time. And if she can do it, awesome. Right, and and that's the key, not to injure them. Yes, to do it gently and to, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it also depends. If you've got grandma who can't take any confrontation, you're just going to have to let it lie. It's not worth it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you think? I think the same thing, and I think the issue is that you have to tell them gently. You have to have the support of your partner. Because it's difficult if you're telling your husband's mother not to do something and then she goes to him. And they need to know that both of you are on the same page, that you need stuff. It's just this is when we would, could use it the most and this is what we need the most. And if you could hang out, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Do... You know what I find, though, is I find me having direct contact with my husband's wife, wife um, mother is better because if he passes it along, he's not saying it right. Sometimes exactly. He's like, Mom. We don't need toys. We need jammies. And she's like, wow, now you're demanding. Exactly. And when I call her, I, she, hears that she hears I need help. Exactly. And, you, and she's needed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and so I, I prefer to go directly to her. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then there's no, none of that back there. Yes. Yes. Because then you put your husband in a spot that they have to choose. I know. And hey, you don't want to do that. I'll tell you right now. My husband, uh-uh. He loves his mom. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So. And you got to honor that. <laughs> Yes, I do. I love her, too. That's good. And (laughs) what do you think about sleep for moms? It is the magic dust of everything. Right. I mean, it's it's the key to youth. It's the key to health. It's the key to being a loving human being. I, I value sleep above most anything. Because? 
it's just the body can replenish, it exactly. can be fresh, it can think straight. Tell some um, of our moms what it does and how it feels yeah. when you don't have sleep. Oh my gosh, the fr- friends. And then there becomes this like martyr attitude, this, I haven't slept in three months, right. being a mom so hard. I'm like, well, why aren't you demanding your sleep? That right. should be priority on your list above everything else. Do you think it's they don't care about themselves? I just think they need to take, it's not that they don't care about themselves, they just think that it's par for the course. As a mother, they're probably thinking, I chose this path right. for I need to take all the hits along the way because moms take hits. But that's not true. It's not true, but they need to be told that. Exactly. And, and a woman who never, ever left her child. Her child was almost two and a half. She has never slept since the baby was born. Crazy. She's up all night. We invite her out, take a mom break. You deserve a nice dinner. Leave the baby with, it's not even a baby anymore. Leave your toddler with dad. Right. He can handle it. She wouldn't do it. You're going to be finally saying... said, you know what, it's getting to the point where we're feeling maybe you like to feel ragged exactly. and you want to know that you're the only person who can be with your toddler. Even right. your husband can't be with her. I mean, pretty soon you're going to be saying, leave your high school student at home and come to dinner. But we had to kind of confront her and tell her, you deserve the dinner. You deserve to be alone. And what happened? She said, okay, I'm going to talk to him. And you know what his response was? What took you so long? I give you money, and then you go get a massage after dinner. That's great. So he knew. had no idea that that would be his response. Wonder why. Are they that disconnected? Or she, again, is this a self-esteem thing for her? But now I'm sensing it's definitely self-esteem, but most moms have that feeling sometimes it's so sad that they think they have to stay within that job duty and you know what and i think that's the great thing about moms who are doing what i do we're coming out of the woodwork right and we're saying guess what we're putting money aside for ourselves if you think it's selfish so be it right setting aside my massage money i'm setting aside time to be with my girlfriends and not my husband on some of the saturdays i'm doing girl night right and I'm letting people know that it's making me feel great. I, I feel like an even better woman when I'm with other women. I, I see my potential. Right. And, I, and, and so we're talking about it. We're having dialogues. We're tweeting about it. And moms are coming out of the woodwork and saying, okay, I deserve sleep. Right. And you're a happier woman to go home to a, a family that wants a happy person coming home. They'd rather have you go out and come home happy than stay home and be mm-hmm. unhappy. And it's the same, and it goes for the same with female competition, mommy competition, right? Oh, she has more than me. She's a better mom or she can do it all. And I can't, we need to give that up. That has to go away. And where does that come from? Uh, That probably just comes stems from just being a female and growing up in a society where women compete to be all that they can be in, and girls compete. Oh, yeah, um, and yeah. bullies, there's more girl bullies than anything. Absolutely. So it's interesting that the girl is more willing to fight and be manipulative with another girl than two guys are. And it goes into adulthood. It trickles into mommyhood. And we start competing for who's the bigger baby, who's nursing longer, who wow. sleeps in a crib before anyone else. The competition has to stop. And then it trickles into the workplace. And then the women compete for the jobs. And then no one gets to be CEO but the big old bad man. And it's like, no, if we all join forces, all the women, we're all going to be CEOs. Absolutely. And if we continue competing, starting in, in junior high to motherhood into the workplace, we will never rise above. So it's a big thing for me to really bring that dialogue out with women have to stop competing now. 
Right. And they have to be secure within themselves and get happy. Mm-hmm. And being happy could be anything, but and it's, and it's permissible. Absolutely. And asking for help, I think that's a big, big, big thing. Yeah, is, I think so, too. And I'm not saying paid help. I'm saying literally asking your friends. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You know, what I say when you have your baby, the first thing you should do when someone says, is there anything I can do? Can I help? Instead of saying, we'll see. You need yeah. to say yes, and this is how. And if you don't know how, it's okay to say yes, and let me think about it, and I'll get back to you of exactly what it is I need. Yes. But I appreciate it, and yes, you can help. Absolutely. And why do you think they don't want to say yes? Does it make them feel they're not going to do a good enough job, or they don't want to relinquish control, or they're feeling Many embarrassed? Many reasons why someone wouldn't, a, a woman, a mommy, won't ask for help. One, she has guilt that she doesn't deserve it because she's now a new mom and she needs to show up. Two, she feels that she'll have to return the favor. And she probably knows yeah. in the back of her mind, there's no way in hell I'm going to take care of her newborn because I have a newborn. Right. This whole, I can't reciprocate. Women are so sophisticated in their brain and the way we think that we actually think all these things at one time. Right, right, right. So we just say, no, leave me alone. Right. Um, if we were a little more simplistic, I think we'd be better off and we'd be saying yes more. Absolutely. So how do we do that? By having this conversation, by exactly. you know, owning up, fessing people like me who come out of, the, as I say, the woodwork, we're all hidden behind this big thing and doing all this stuff and making it look easy and coming out and saying, it is so hard to parent. You know, I don't know how people with six kids do it. I have two and I'm really losing my hair and I'm an expert. And so I'm having a hard time. I need help. I just think it's important that we're really honest with what parenting is and the challenges of it. And so I, I reach out by telling everyone my true story and how hard it is for me. Right. And, but you balance it, you make it work, you keep a check in, you look at red flags and you deal with the day to day. Definitely. If you don't try hard at doing something, you're never going to be good at it. You're never going to be an expert in it. And if you're not trying hard to be a good parent, how are you going to be one? Right. And is there such a thing as a perfect parent, Kimberly? No, but there's such a thing as a good parent. Exactly. And that's what most people have to strive for. They're thinking that they have to be perfect, and there's no real perfection there's to no this. There's no definition, so you're going to flail. You're exactly. going to be out there swimming with no destination. Right. Good is good. Good is fine. Good is adequate. Yes. But that doesn't feel right to some people. Do you, do you know why? I don't know why individually, but I know why Collectively. You know, people will never feel good enough. I mean... Clearly, what, 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 is, what is their past experience with feeling good enough? What's their past experience with their self-worth? Right. Because you're going to carry that over into parenting. Right. Maybe that same right. person we were at 12 years old with our newborn. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, we have to take a look at what's been that role, you know. I know if my husband's defensive, I yeah. always say, honey, I'm not your dad. Right. So hard on you. He always made you do things right. You can, you can mess up in front of me. Don't be defensive. Right. It's cool. I'm here to let it ride. And I, but I'm aware of that because I'm a therapist. That when right. he's defensive, it's not that I'm speaking rudely to him. It's in his brain, he's seeing me as his father telling him, you're lazy. Right. You're, you're triggering that inside. <laughs> so when I see parents saying, it's not, I need to do it this way and this way, the first thing I want to say is, what else in your life do you feel that about? Did you, were you like that in high school? Were you constantly trying to maintain that with your peers and your parents because you don't have to do that now he responds to that you know he does it first because then he feels i'm criticizing his father yeah you know he's like whoa whoa right god didn't put me down and i said we didn't put you down but he certainly would label you 
when you were listening to music. You know, he might say, hey, bud, bud you're being a little lazy today. Right. I said, I'm not saying because you didn't go make the kids lunch right, you know, right, right. that you're lazy. I'm just saying we're in a time crunch, and then right. it's defensive. And I'm like, I'm not your dad. I'm not saying you're lazy. I'm right. just saying I need help with lunches. Yeah, exactly. And so we have to have that dialogue, but I do notice that quick response is coming from an early childhood yeah, experience exactly. he frequently had right. when and he was doing nothing. Right. And it's okay for dads and moms to do nothing. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but, and to know what's being triggered to them and be able to contain yeah, it. Yeah, so I think everyone has our, they have personal triggers on totally. why they're not feeling good enough exactly. as a parent. Exactly, and you should be good and be happy with good. And I think try to be good. I think trying is a big thing, not just being. I don't think being is, is adequate. No, you can't just be. You've got to try. You're right. got to try to be a good parent and change the things that didn't work in your family with your kids and preserve the things that were amazing with your kids that worked, you know, in your family system. Absolutely. Before I let you go, I want to know what your thoughts are about uh, kids and video games. It depends on the age range. I'm really a stickler for this video game and for screen time, and it depends on age, like at its specific ages, what, what you're referring to. Well, I mean, you allow your children to do it. You don't allow them to do it. You limit it. You do an egg timer so they know when to get off. I mean, And we also monitor the content of uh, the videos. Yeah. Um, you know, we make sure that they're age appropriate for the kids. I have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. Our 10-year-old started getting, we started monitoring his screen time because as they got older, they want more. Right. We told him Monday and Saturday was his TV and DVD time. He, got, he gets out of school half day on Mondays. Very good. Yeah, I have a 10-year-old, and that's kind of the same thing we do. Yeah, and then Saturdays, he doesn't have play dates all day. We right. let him do his video games. Exactly. We let him do the Wii, but I got smart with the Wii. Yeah. We have the Wii Sport ah. and Wii Lego and Wii Harry Potter. Oh, very good. Our video games. Very so good. what we do now is we say you need to do Wii Sport first and get cardio workout, and then you can do um, your Wii Harry Potter or and Indiana Jones. And that works. So I started making him get a workout with the Wii and doing the... the the, the workout. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. You know, and then he could sit down and do his, his vegetation one. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. So before you go, I want to know what you think you, um, is your most important and upfront project right now for you that I can push for you. Right now, we're just, we're right, um, you know, in the process of getting a book out for next year. Um, but uh, so that's actually forefront on my brain. But as far as parents, it's really um, our, our shows. You know, we put out two-minute quick snippet parenting videos to help a parent smooth sail through times of discipline because we really believe that, that that's the most challenging time in parenting is, yeah. is disciplining. So we invite everyone to come to the website, peruse through the hundred little videos and click on the ones that they're experiencing with their kids or pick up a copy of my book, Emotion Coaching. It goes through the stages from birth to six on how to emotion coach and get your child to be socially more responsible and, and deal with their um, appropriate expression and connection to others. So really, you know, my last book is very helpful. And, and all that's on your website? All of it's on the website. www.thegotomom.tv. That's it. And we'll get you there and we get you on Twitter at the GoToMom. Mm-hmm. The GoToMom. Kimberly, thank you very much for your time. I'm going to have you back because I want to talk about a couple of things with you. Oh, thank you. This has been great. Thank you. We'll tweet you. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. So as you guys could hear, I had my guest expert, Kimberly Blaine, on today. We're talking about parenting from different angles, a lot of angles. She's doing a lot of stuff. She sounds like a really great, solid parent. She's connected. She's got her house pretty much under control. 
She's aware of things. She talked about how she and her family defines whether her family's doing good. She knows if she's on track. She's able to gauge a lot of stuff through looking at red flags. She's got a great connection with her husband. She goes on dates still. It's all the kinds of stuff that we talk about all the time, being a happy, solid parent, having parenting beginning with you, checking your sweep, keeping it intact, keeping it in balance, and really being able to be a parent who is always trying to be good, not perfect. There is no such thing. So there's a lot of great information. Take a listen. Go back and listen to it again. But I appreciate your time, and I say thank you to all of you and all of the callers for today's show. And remember, the podcasts are always available on my website at www.drsophie.com, or you can call my voicemail 24-7-1855 Sophie now or 1-855-767-4966. And Please follow me on Twitter and Facebook for any updates on TV and podcasts. Again, Side by Side is my book on mother-daughter conflict resolution. And remember to visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And don't ever forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. You gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down.